Hey, what's up, good people? Listen, it is Tuesday. So first, let me just say happy Tuesday to you. Listen, it's TNL Tuesday. It is Tuesday Night Live. I'm glad that you are here. We've been hanging out the last few weeks. I hope you've been being blessed by I Get Out Your Feelings Bible study series that we've been going over. Listen, the last few weeks, we've been dealing with a couple of different topics, and I really hope that it has been able to just enrich your life. I hope that it has really sincerely, honestly, and truly been able just to bless you uh, in this whole entire series. We started off dealing um, on week one where we were talking about hurt, how hurt is a thing, you know? And then last week, we talked about the real on resentment, and I want us to keep it going. We got a topic tonight that I think that we all can relate to, that we all have been there. We all know what it feels like. And it's the topic of loneliness. Tonight's topic, that's right, is titled The Low of Loneliness. The Low of Loneliness. The Load of Loneliness. Have you, um, have you, have you ever been like in like a crowded room or a crowded space and, um, everybody in this space is like having a good time. Like they laughing, they, they, they talking it up, they dabbing it up. They having a good time. It's a whole little vibe. Everybody's smiling, laughing. You're in a room full of people, but yet you still feel completely alone. Have you, have you ever felt like that? I know, I know I certainly have. I have felt like that more times than I even would want, would want to admit. And, and truthfully, loneliness is one of those those, those feelings that we feel that is a defining moment for us in many seasons of our lives. For um, singleness can bring about uh, a feeling or a season of loneliness. Ministry oftentimes can feel very lonely for people that are in ministry. I've had those moments as well of just like, man, I'm, I'm out here on this boat all by myself and I don't even see a doggone paddle for me to use. Ministry can, can sometimes have you kind of feeling lonely. Um, separating from someone or something can leave you feeling kind of lonely or even being isolated, right? So like the pandemic did that for me, uh, where I was feeling just really lonely during the pandemic. You know, we were no longer like working in the workspaces. Things were kind of closed. Things were shut down. And then even to be in such kind of closeness, um, even in the house sometimes, like marriages were even tested, which oftentimes, you know, just kind of during a pandemic, you kind of clash and it ain't seeing eye to eye and really don't even have the tools to be able to kind of communicate sometimes the way that you you need to or didn't even realize that you needed to communicate in a way that you needed to communicate. And so even that season, the pandemic, especially for a lot of people, left people really feeling tested as they were just estranged and separated from, from their loved ones. And and the truth is, though, if we're going to keep it all the way real, right, is that we all feel lonely in some shape, in some fashion, in some point in all of our lives, right? Some of us got hundreds and thousands of friends, um, whether on social media or whether in real life, um, but we really, we still don't even really feel like they really know us, like they really don't still really, really get us. Um, sometimes we feel lonely because we've been misunderstood. Sometimes we feel lonely because people have 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 seemingly overlooked us as if we maybe have been forgotten about. And um sometimes, sometimes some of us are still trying to find our 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 village, our people, right? Our group of folks that we can always count on just to be there, especially when we need them. And so what we're really longing for when we're feeling just that 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 feeling of loneliness is some of us are really longing for relationships. We're longing for relationships that, that, um, 
you know, we can just begin to build with people. So whether that's intimate, whether that's platonic, we, we, we're looking for those relationships. And that's really what we're going to deal with as well tonight when we talk about loneliness. And because one, one of the things I want you to get tonight is we really can't quantify, we really can't qualify, we really can't calculate um, just how lonely a person is by counting the number of relationships that you have. So <clears throat> in other words, it's not about getting more relationships. It's not about knowing more people that that take away that feeling of loneliness. So in other words, it, it can't it can't be cured um, by getting on um, Tinder or or whatever other dating apps, Grinder, you know, all, all that other stuff that's kind of out there. It can't be defined that way. But 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 loneliness is this this quiet feeling that sometimes gnaws at us or eats away at us or haunts us, even in some of the happiest moments of our lives. Hear me tonight. Loneliness can show up in some of the most happiest moments of our lives. And I want us to even look at that tonight biblically. Um in, in tonight's Bible study, when we look at Genesis chapter two, so Genesis chapter two, and um, it's the story in Genesis chapter two, it's the story, this narrative that we are, we're able to read in Genesis chapter two. I'm, I'm, I'm making my point here primarily in verse 18, but I, I want to kind of paint this in Genesis chapter two, all throughout Genesis chapter two, you see, you see our God that is operating as only God can. God is creating, he's creating. And as God is creating, the, the, the divine is stepping back and saying, my God, what, what, what I have created, it is good. That's what we see all throughout Genesis chapter two, that God has created the heavens and the earth and saw that it was good. God then put uh, the light in the sky and called the light sun and then uh, would turn the earth and then call the moon night. God, God sat back and said that it was good. God then put stars in the sky, put, 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 created a sea, a blanket of water. Uh, and, and God sat back and saw that it was good. Everything that God had been doing had been good. Everything that God had created had been marvelous. But then we get down to verse 18. And just before verse 18, we see where God had created Adam. So God, God has been on this, uh, this creative run where God is creating some beautiful and majestic things and sitting back and saying that it is good. He creates Adam and it's, it's good. Then verse 18, uh, the Lord the Lord says something a little bit different in verse 18 than the Lord had been saying all throughout these verses where uh, the Lord was saying that everything was good. Verse 18, and we glance over this. I want to deal with this tonight. In verse 18, the Lord said, for it is not good for man to be alone, for I will make a helper comparable for him. So all up until verse 17 and above, the Lord is creating. And what the Lord is creating, the Lord is saying that it is good. And then verse 18, after the Lord has created Adam, humankind, the Lord steps back and says, listen, it's good, but um, it's not good. Something, Something's missing. I, I want us to stop and, and really kind of let this let this resonate with you for a minute. I want you just to think about just the depth of this and and the huge the 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 magnitude of this moment. 
So often when we read the story of Adam and Eve, we can we we were quick to jump to their fall. We're quick to jump to their failure. We're quick to jump to their fall from grace. We immediately jump to oh their deficiency or they their behavior or 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 quote unquote their sin. But if we slow down just a little bit cl more more closely before we jump to their fall, we'll see clearly um, that this beautiful moment in God's heart where where we can't just we can't just glance over that. We can't look past that. Before the creation of Eve, Adam walked with God. It was God and it was Adam. This one-on-one, -on -one, up-close, personal relationship with, with God. It's Adam and God day after day. Can you just can you just imagine that just for just a minute? Adam, Adam is living the dream in this moment, right? To wake up to God, to go to sleep to God, to, to have his morning coffee with God. It was no one else but Adam and God. You, you with me? You with me tonight? Uh, um, uh, if Adam had needed to go to the post office and mail a letter, can y'all feel me? Do folks still mail letters anymore? Do they still go to the post office? But 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 it was it was Adam and it and it was God side by side. Adam dozes off, and this it's it's the it's the chest of God that Adam nods off on, who who is his pillow for the night. Um, it, it's Adam and it's God. It it sounds like Adam is living this dream, right? It's it's real dreamy if you can you can picture it. But but hold up, it was nothing. It was it was all a dream. Who said that? All before verse eighteen. Come on, shout out the biggie. Uh, all before verse eighteen. It was good. It was dreamy. It was wonderful. And then we get to verse 18 and God says, listen, despite all that is good, it's something that's not good because in the middle of all of this bliss, there's something that's missing. For Adam wasn't meant to be alone. Yes, Adam was created to be in intimate relationship with God, but but understand the fullness of God's plan for Adam's life is the fullness of God's plan for your life. The same way that um, Adam wasn't complete until he was in relationship, not only with God and not only with himself, but Adam really didn't come into the fullness of himself until he was also in relationship with others. Here it is tonight because we are relational people. We're relational people. I know you hear some folk, listen, I'm, I'm a loner. I'm a loner. I'm this, I'm that. He's a loner, Dottie. But uh, but on, on some level, and I get it, some of us, you know, we're a little bit more recluse than others. Some of us are are not as outgoing. We're a bit more introverted. I get I get all of that. But please understand tonight that in, in the middle of all of that, listen, we got to have relationship with someone other than ourselves because we are relational people. We're relational people. And that's why God created Eve to be in relationship with Adam. And I want to I want to drive this home tonight because I'm not just strictly talking about intimate sexual relationships. I'm talking about relationships as it relates to humanity. You know, you're good, you're good Judy, you're good girlfriend, you're good, you're good guy friend. Um, whatever, whatever that's looking like. Um, you know, you're good co-worker, you know, you're good, you're good spouse, all of those things. We were meant to be in relationship with people because we are relationship people. We're, we're meant to be in relationship with people because we are relational people. You and I were created for relationship and not just in relationship with the divine, not just in relationship with, with the creator, but to be in relationship with, with God's fellow creations.
Are you are you are you with me tonight? It's it's through community that we become full. It's through community that we really get to experience this this triune God. Even God is in community, right? Um, we've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's that's community, and we even see now that this 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 this. This display, this, this display of this triune God is about relationships, being in relationship. And, and, and hear me tonight, because that's why the enemy wants to keep us out of community. That's why the enemy has pounced so heavily on the church and, and every church hasn't been the best example, but has, has fallen to be the enemy's camp. Hear me, there is no perfect church, but the enemy will show up any way that he can. And you'll hear people say, you know, yeah, girl, that's why I don't go to church no more. Them church folk, right? Because, because the enemy understands that we are so much more powerful in community. That's why the enemy wants us to be at strife with each other, falling out with our neighbor, falling out with the woman across the street, falling out as we drive in the car, throwing up and flipping the finger off at people. The enemy doesn't want us to be in relationships with each other. Are you hearing me tonight? And so the enemy will use a spirit of isolation. The enemy will operate through a spirit of loneliness to keep us isolated and keep us lonely. But understand that's what the enemy does. That's why the enemy has, has used races to try to divide other races. Why? Because we're stronger together. There's unity in community. And so we need community. So, so understand that the enemy will try to work through, work through the spirit of loneliness. But hear me tonight, because you weren't created to be alone. You were created to do life with others. You were not created to be alone. You were created to do life with others. You got to find your tribe. You've got to find your village. You've got to find your community. You've got to find your network. Maybe that's in a social circle. Maybe that's in the professional arena. Maybe that's in church. Listen, we got to, we're, we're relational people and we can't allow the enemy to take charge and take claim to what is ours. And that is that we live. What is ours is that we live in the fullness and not, 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 in, not in loneliness. And I want to, I want to give you this before we, before we run out of time tonight, I want to give you this tonight because um, it's so good knowing that God's heart for God's people isn't for us to be alone, but it is for us to be in vibrant, healthy, thriving, non-toxic, genuine, meaningful relationships with the people around us. And, and, and we see this so beautifully displayed through, through Jesus. Here it is now that we see, we see this loneliness now that has entered into humanity in the book of Genesis. But then we read the gospel where Jesus is now on the scene. And Jesus has this beautiful relationship with God. And it's during the time and the life of, of a ministry of Jesus, as Jesus is, is walking the earth, that Jesus is still Jesus is still focused even on relationships. It, hear me, even though Jesus is on assignment, Jesus is still focused on relationships. Jesus has one task, and that's to go to the cross so that you and I can live forever uh, in heaven with him. But even, even, even Jesus didn't do life alone. Jesus invited people known as the disciples, right, to enter into his personal space, to enter into his personal life, to come into his personal circle, to not just experience the good times that Jesus had, but they were also even there for, for the bad times, for some of the for some of the hard times. We talked last week 
about how even Jesus wasn't immune to feelings of being hurt and feelings of being betrayed. Real quick, uh, sidebar, if you haven't had a chance yet, if you tonight is your first time tuning in to a Fresh Fire TNL, listen, a great great big god bless you i'm glad that you're here but listen go back go back and check out the series this is our third week go back and check out week one where we talked about hurt go back and check out week two where we talked about resentment as we're still building this house this 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 house down this model to get us out of our feelings um the feelings not just of hurt not just the feelings of resentment but even the feelings of loneliness and we we're gonna dig it a little bit deeper as we keep on unpacking this thing in the upcoming weeks but even Jesus and his own humanity knew what it felt like to experience the feelings of loneliness. And, and I want to point that out real quick before we before we run out of time tonight. It's in Matthew 26, um, primarily between verses 36 to 46. But I want to focus really on verse on verse 37, which is just after the, 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 the beauty of it all. Um, and the Bible says that in verse 36 that Jesus uh, Jesus came to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I go. I'm about to go over there, and I'm going to pray. Jesus understood um, the moments of, of, of retreating and finding, uh, finding peace within himself, being away from the noise and people. But notice then what happens after verse 36, where Jesus goes over there. The Bible says in verse 37 of, of Matthew chapter 26, that he didn't go alone, for he took with him Peter, and he also took the two sons of Zebedee, which is now three people that Jesus took with him. Uh, are y'all with me? Even as he had to go and be off by himself, even though he was distressed and was weighed heavy, as he knew his time was coming to an end of him making that painful journey to the cross, the Bible says that even Jesus took a few folk with him, Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. Here it is. He's about to die. He's about to lose his life. Jesus is about to lose his job here on earth, about to lose his life. Can you, can you imagine feeling more lonely than that, knowing that that time is running out? No one really could understand. No one could really empathize what Jesus must have been feeling and what he must have been going through. And here it is now that Jesus has to do it alone. And I love, I love, I love that Jesus, out of all of the things and responses that Jesus could have had to this moment of great distress, according to Matthew 26, verse 37, but we see Jesus and how he responds in the middle of such heavy feelings. He he calls his friends to come be with him. Sometimes you got to do that. Sometimes you, you got to know who you can trust. You got to know who you can call. I'm so glad that God has created a, a community um, from me. Everybody ain't safe. Hear me. And I don't trust everybody. Everybody, 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 everybody don't have my heart. Everybody don't have my ear. And I, and I love everybody, but you, you got to know who you can, who you can, who you can really be in relationship with and who you can be relational with. Those are two very, very, very different things. Throw something in the comment section if we need to go a little bit deeper with that in the upcoming weeks about being relational with and, and being in relationship with. And I'm thankful that I'm able to be relational with folk, but there are a select few group, um, a few, 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 a select hand few, few groups of people that I feel safe, that I feel seen, 
and that I'm able to express even moments of of transparency and vulnerability. You gotta you gotta have you some some close friends, um, colleagues, coworkers, whatever you need to get. Um, don't don't forget about add the therapist on the list too. Now you know. Um, but um, here it is now that in in the middle of such a, a heavy moment for Jesus, Jesus steals away to take some time for himself, but but he wanted. He wanted, he wanted, he wanted some folks that he could trust to be there with him. Who, who do you have to be there with you? In this season, I hear God saying that you can't do it alone, especially if you're going to get out your feelings, especially if, it, if it's the feeling of loneliness. I hear God saying so clearly that in this season, you've got to invite some people to your table. People in this season, folks are busy. No one, people aren't mind readers. Even the most spiritual people um, can can often forget or things can go to the background of their mind um, and, and can miss some things. So and invite some people to your table. Invite them to come sit with you and whatever feelings that you're feeling. See, that's what Jesus did. Jesus didn't just invite the people that he loved to come see him when he was up. But even in this most distressful and dark and hard moment, Jesus invited a select group of folk, Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, to even come with him, even in some of the most darkest moments, even when he was down. Jesus is able to model and exemplify for us what it is to share openly and honestly your grief and your sorrow and your hurt with vulnerability and honesty inviting you in not just to watch but inviting you in to help heal and i'll be honest because uh, they they didn't do the best job with helping jesus heal from from the hurt and 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 everything else that he was feeling. In fact, they they did a really really terrible job about that. We see that in verse forty to verse forty six. But Jesus knew they would mess up, knowing doggone well they would mess up. But Jesus still found it necessary to invite and include the people that he loved. Bible says that uh, when Jesus went and found them, they were, they were sleeping. Sleep. They, they didn't drop the ball, y'all. Drop the ball. But Jesus doesn't stop there. When the people that he in, invited into such an intimate space where they dropped the ball, the Bible says that Jesus then took it a little bit farther where they had mishandled his feelings. Jesus found himself in the face of the Father. The Bible says in Matthew 26, 39, that Jesus went farther and he fell on his face. Jesus knew that the disciples might have might have messed up. Find you some friends that ain't, ain't gonna mess up, that ain't gonna mishandle now. But but Jesus knew what he was dealing with. But Jesus also knew that they would drop the ball. But Jesus additionally knew that the one that would be there to pick it up, the one that fully understands the feelings of hurt 
and loneliness and resentment and pain was the divine who was in heaven. Hear me tonight. You may be hurting. You may be feeling resentful. You may be feeling lonely and isolated. Only God can fulfill our deepest needs. In the same way Jesus was crying out to God. The Bible says Jesus went farther beyond Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. He took it a step further and began crying out to God. Jesus models for us that loneliness isn't a feeling that we are called to avoid. Instead, loneliness is a feeling that should move us toward God, that should move us toward deeper communication, deeper relationship, and deeper intimacy with God and with the people that God has placed around us. In the season where we're feeling the fall time coming in and all those feelings and emotions and that's all coming with it. Get out your feelings and take them feelings to the feet of God. Get out your feelings. Take them feelings to the face of the Father. We're out of time. I pray tonight has blessed you. I pray a nugget has been spoken over your life that is able to encourage you. That even when in the, the moments where you feel inadequate or less than or running on empty or all by yourself or not seen or overlooked, that you understand that either A, you got to invite some folk to the table that's able to help hold you up, lift you up, inspire you and encourage you. Or maybe you need to go a little bit farther and seek the face of the father that will use that loneliness, that will use that hurt, that will use that resentment, that will use that pain, that will use that fear for God's glory, but to get you closer to your promise. I love you. Be nothing but light. Share nothing but love. Speak nothing but life. Set some stuff on fire. I'm going to see you here next week. Same time, same place. Get out your feelings.